Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When she sat up there and was talking to you and said that I was ghetto, what did you say? I said to her, Candy's my friend. And I said, you need to have a conversation with her. And she said she would, and she did. Yeah, so you didn't take up for me? I mean... Ghetto. No, 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 no. I, no I, I did. I felt like I told her, especially when she was saying that you, I said, I don't feel like Candy would say that. Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. I'm just going to let you guys know I don't feel well. I can barely hear myself because my ears are so clogged. And so if there are complaints about the noise or my voice or anything, I'm sorry. I'm congested. And I also can't really hear myself. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. But uh, I'm also going to keep it like a little bit shorter because um, we're now 33 seconds in and this is the longest I've spoken probably uh, in several days. So <laughs> let's talk about Atlanta. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm going to just like lose my voice in the middle of this, but we'll get into it. Okay. So we're at Sania's party, right? the uh, Ross's party, whatever. The the party of which theme we will not get into because I'm going to get pissed off all over again. But speaking of pissed, Candy's still pissed because Courtney, Sheree's friend, is still being weird as shit. Threat and Candy's threatening to headbutt her. Like, it's a whole thing, right? Sheree's calling Martel over to say that Manetta and Kenya pulled her to the side to say that he was dating somebody else in Atlanta. They knew about it and... Well, his excuses, every time I'm in Atlanta, I'm Yushere, so the other girl must be getting the short end of the stick, which is not a denial, Martel. It's not a denial. Anyway, Moneta says, okay, so this woman just doesn't exist anymore. Like, Moneta is really acting like she and Candy 
know who this person is and they're keeping it very cute. So Mineta's like, okay, so what you're saying is this person doesn't exist anymore. And Martel's like, uh, I won't say anymore. I'll, I'll say period. Uh, I'll say period. <laughs> this man, he seems like a real slick willy. Uh, I'm, mm, I don't like it. This suit is not helping. Sheree says in a confessional that this is the doing of Candy and her team just trying to ruffle her feathers, but they can't be ruffled. Why? Why Why would Don Juan be so... Because we know that's who she's talking about. Why would Don Juan be so... Uh, why would he care? You know? Why would he care this much about Sheree that he would want to take her down? To what, to what end? Meanwhile, Sanya is trying to calm things down between Courtney and Candy. Marlo says in a confessional, these bitches are feuding like J-Lo and Mariah. Like, I don't know her. Who's she? And then and then Marlo's earring just falls right off. Her, her left ear, right ear, falls right off. And she goes, well, I guess my earring don't know me, bitch. <laughs> you know, and then we have to realize the truth is that Marlo is just good as a friend of i think that's just where she's best and we tried we gave her a little shot last season didn't go terribly well for her i think we can all agree and so i think this like i'm fine with her having a peach and still being technically a friend of like the opposite of what marisol is doing like marisol doesn't hold a mojito in miami but she's on there a lot whereas i think i'm fine Marlo can keep her peach because she's earned it at this point. Like she's earned it. She's like a, like a tenured a professor. Like she, she should reap the benefits. She's done the work. She's done it. But I think we can still treat her as a friend of on the show. Like just here and there, peanut gallery, uh, you know, doing a backwards eavesdrop in a, in a themed outfit. Give us a look and that's it. I'm good. Speaking of Miami, I don't know if you guys heard, but it was announced that they are moving Miami officially to Bravo, and then they're going to be airing the episodes on Peacock the next day, which is what they do with every Bravo show. So yeah, our girls got moved up. Is this a good idea? I guess only time will tell. I mean, it keeps us from getting three episodes at once, so for that, I'm grateful. So anyway, Sanya comes over to Candy at this party and she's like how are you doing and candy's like oh i'm fine <laughs> candy's me i am candy and that's just the truth so don juan is like okay who knows courtney where does she come from santa's like well i just met her with sheree and don juan's like oh okay that's why she's sheree's friend got it i get it now so candy says in a confessional i'm annoyed that sandy didn't tell me that this girl who i don't even know courtney has an issue with me like why wouldn't you give me a heads up and not have me walking into mess <laughs> meanwhile marlo's trying to get money for a birkin down at the craps table and says how am i the only one behaving see i'm appalled therapy works y'all i'm telling you seek it so i'm feeling like the tide is turning just a little bit on Sanya in a positive way because y'all were real like we don't need her boo boo tomato tomato and I thought no I think she's necessary even though it was extreme clown behavior to just like go after Drew every opportunity she got last season I was laughing yeah that shit was funny to me Sanya is great because she is uh overwhelmed 
I think she's a little in over her head. I think she's still not prepared. And so to watch her like try to navigate this world of housewives is funny. And I'm having a great time. So so Sandy runs over to Sheree to tell her something went down between Candy and Courtney. So then Sheree's going over to Candy to see and check in what happened. I didn't see anything. Candy's like, yeah, I'm not trying to relive that right now. So Sheree then changes the subject back to Martel, who the camera keeps panning over. He's just standing on the sidelines waiting for his moment to be back in front of that camera. Like, he is weird, y'all. I don't like him. Ugh. Candy asks, how are you feeling about the DMs to Sheree? And immediately, there he is, right in the background to go see the the DMs. Um, He's looking at Kenya's phone. He looks at Kenya and goes, well, is this yours? And Kenya's like, uh, you're being a little aggressive right now. So Martel says, you're accusing me of something. And then he tells Sheree, go look at Kenya's messages. She probably accepts all of them and then walks away like, like he just did something. First of all, whack. Not even a good comeback. Not. And this is, well, we'll get into that later. So Kenya turns to Martel is like, that sounds like an insult so martel goes back to the sidelines but he's like oh you know where are the messages where are the messages so candy hears this and goes you heard that sure right like he's denying that he sent you a message so candy kenya rather pull it up pull it up so then oh because here he goes because he's a fucking liar he pulls out his phone and he goes oh i did message you but that was two years ago not six months ago and then he goes around showing his phone like robin was showing that lady that uh <laughs> or that man that that um karen was allegedly with at, at an airport bar or something a hotel bar uh you know just like trying to expose well here here they are here they are so kenya did say that these messages were sent at least six months ago not just six months ago because we see it in a flashback so the message that he wrote was like oh i appreciate the quote-unquote kind words when you were live with blank now carlos king the old producer of atlanta and new jersey uh has a podcast uh said that that was his name that they blurred out but candy says in a confessional martel showing his versions of the dms means nothing to her because he could have easily deleted the other part that Kenya mentioned to her. She saw herself. And that she also saw that Kenya had not accepted. I mean, for the three of you guys aren't on Instagram, if somebody you don't follow sends you a message, it gets sent into this different folder. So you can either choose to like delete it or uh, accept it, send it to a different folder uh, or respond. Right. So there's nothing you, the receipt, the recipient can do to those messages until after you accept them. So Candy's saying, Inspector Candy, I know there's nothing that Kenya could have done to those messages because I watched her hit the accept button on the message in real time. So there's nothing that she could have done beforehand to manipulate this situation. Whereas we know when she did hit accept, those messages went away, meaning that he unsent whatever so who knows like what he could have said in addition to that like very innocuous comment about the you know carlos king so then martel says i don't care if i tried to fuck you two years ago why are you talking about it it was two years ago so kenya goes up and is like following martel's like did you just curse at me 
this queen standing before you? So then Kenya really gets activated. It's like, you're an asshole. Once a cheater, always a cheater. You fucking piece of shit. Then she turns and says, Sheree, that's the same type of man you've been dealing with before. That's the same as Bob. Flashback to that beefy big back bitch making jokes in the car about, oh, t- did I choke you, Sheree? So this is like a trigger warning. But, but basically he's like, oh, could you still breathe? Well, maybe I should have done it harder. Like an unbelievable moment on television that I feel like nobody talks about. That was unreal. And then Sheree and Phaedra are sitting in the back of that car as they're having this conversation. And Kenya's, uh, uh, like, Bob, that was not okay. That is not okay to say. And because of that, that's why I don't care about calling him a big beefy bitch. Big back, beefy, baby back rib bitch, Bob. Weirdo. Ugh. So then, Kenya says to Sheree, you know, the way Martel is talking to me is going to be the way he eventually talks to you. So Sheree says, I'm going to get things cleared up. And then she walks away. But in a confessional, she says, I don't appreciate that I brought my guy to something. And this is how they treated him. So she and Martel get in the car to leave. And in the car, Martel's like, oh, you know, I just met them. But just like they're queens, I'm a king too. They need to respect me, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. So the next day, we have Drew back. Drew Sidora is back. We find out the very sad news that she just came back from her hometown of Chicago because her dad has Alzheimer's. He's in a nursing home. Things are like progressing pretty rapidly. He's now wheelchair bound. He doesn't recognize her anymore. But then she shows Ralph and the kids a video where they're playing one of Drew's songs and he's like, oh, wow. The, like he was making the connection of like, that's my daughter singing. And it's like a very lovely moment. Right. So then they start talking about like how Drew wants to revive her music career. And she tells us that she has a single coming out. <sighs> More on that later. Uh, Drew says that this is kind of like a bittersweet thing because she and her dad connected over music. Her dad was in, uh, like, a band in high school, and that was just, like, always how they connected with each other. So she's, like, kind of wants to take his, you know, groundwork and run with it. So Drew talks about this single that she's got coming out, and we see a picture of, I guess, the record cover. And, uh, you know, Drew didn't have to tell us in a confessional that this was produced and written by Ralph because on the cover, along with a photo of him in a white suit, says, written and produced by Ralph Pittman. Who the fuck does that? Who are you, DJ? You're not even DJ. DJ Cal doesn't even do that. Like, that's weird, bro. This looks like a flyer from like a predominantly black church where the couple is like a young younger couple and they're like hip and good looking and they put out these flyers because they're promoting like a a couple's retreat where it's like get back to you know and who's who's uh roles or who's and like they're talking about like real dumb you know misogynistic shit about like what role does a man play in the church in 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 the bedroom women like what are we doing you know just you can guess but they have these flyers y'all know what i'm talking about if you know you know and that's what it looks like. Like, this looks like a, a, a Kojic couple. 
trying to promote their relationship that everybody knows is fucked up and y'all are trying to act like everything's great. And and this, it, it applies to both of you currently. In a confessional, a producer asked Drew, are you and Ralph in a good place at this moment? Now, this must have been like a, a hindsight question because she's already, uh, you know, kicked it down to the Gwinnett County Courthouse to divorce him. Playing Mario Kart down fucking 85 North. <laughs> Just to see who gets to beat each other to the courthouse so that they can file quicker. I think uh, in the end, Drew beat him by like, uh, what, 61 minutes? I think we found out. God bless her. So Drew tells that producer, we're in a good place. We really are. We're doing music. So we haven't really focused so much on our issues. And because of that, I think we're in the best place we've been in in four years. <laughs> oh, oh. So here's my question to you. When Drew talks, do you think that she hears herself? <laughs> do you ever think like maybe like a second and a half later, she's like, mm, I heard it. Like, I'm, you know, like it catches up to her. And it hits her ear the same way that it hits us. But yet she never falters. Never once. It's incredible. So Drew asks about uh, Ross's party. And Ralph reveals that he discovered that he's cousins with none other than weird-ass Courtney. Courtney says in a confessional, because they gave her one, that her dad's sister, so her aunt, her paternal aunt, is Ralph's grand... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Okay. So Drew's like, damn, I wish I was there. But then we see videos, like, somebody had taken videos and posted them to the blogs or given them to the blogs, right? Candy popping off on Courtney. And Drew's like, who was she going off on? And Ralph is like, uh, I heard it was my cousin. And Drew's like, ah, damn, y'all really are related. Those pitmans are crazy, girl, as long as you know. So then we have Candy meeting up with Sanya for lunch. They're talking about how their kids are getting along. And Sanya's like telling us in a confessional that Candy actually reached out to all the ladies to join her family for a trip to Disney. She was the only one who responded. So their families went. They had a great time. Candy says in a confessional that she's like really gotten to know Sanya. Their babies get along. It's like a really good situation that they got going for now. Because Candy starts talking about how busy she is and 
we find out the timeline because they're about to go to BravoCon later that week. They're both going, right? So Sanya says she's dealing with her family dynamic because Ross wants the 87,000 other people in their house to be gone. Not because he's got beef with them or anything, but just because it's time for them to build their family. They're talking about wanting to have another kid. And her mom also wants to move down to Florida. So she's kind of wondering, is she the only one who still wants to do this, like, everybody under the same roof thing? We all saw last week that her sister is very much over it. So the answer to that saying would be, yeah, your husband, your mama, your sister, all want you out. So let's just go with that. What's the struggle here? I, I came upon something in my mind because Santa says in a confessional that they kind of all had under that roof an agreement to live together for like a year or two. But they hadn't gotten to year two yet. So she's just like wondering what all the fuss is about. Okay. So we know that they moved to Atlanta from Texas, right? Because that's where Ross has the uh, limo company. And but they all moved here. My theory is, and I, I'm sure a thousand people have said this before. They all moved thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to be this like... Uh, modern family all under the same roof and we're going to get a fucking don't be tardy part two. Uh, but you know, with people who actually want to work. So I think that that's what's like going on here. That she was like, God, if we could just like show off the family another season, maybe we can get ourselves a little spinoff here, which is extremely ambitious, but you know, she is an Olympian. So you can't put that past her. Um, this is stupid, though, because nobody cares. Nobody wants, I mean, like, respectfully, <laughs> respectfully, your mama was doing a lot last season, and I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, she's, 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 she's fiery. She's fiery. I will, I will say that. But um, I don't care about those kind of shows. I don't need them. Don't want them. So nice try. But I think if everybody under the roof wants to leave... Your mama says she'd rather live in Florida than with you. <laughs> I think you got to take that sign, baby. So then we flip to what's going on with Candy's family. And she says, you know, same thing. Todd feels unsupported in his dreams. He's been wanting to produce a movie. He wants her like 100% support. And this is what I don't understand. Because what it sounds like is that he wants Candy to drop everything that she's doing to be 100% behind him. But, like, what does he want her to do exactly? Because it just seems like scheme that Todd set up <laughs> to get her emotionally involved in his projects so that she becomes financially involved in them. You feel me? So, I, you know, that's really your business, Todd. Like... That's your business. I, I don't know what to tell you, Todd. Todd Lena. Because I can understand if you're in a situation in which you were, you know, I'm just going to use, for lack of a better word, the underling in the relationship. Like, we know who the star is here. And because of that, there are going to be situations where you have to uh, uh, eat shit so to speak, and like be a support to them in a way that they're not going to be able to be a support to you because they got like 75 irons in the fire and it's just not going to ever be the same. There's no relationship that's really ever 50-50. And 
you just gotta like figure it out why can't he just have his own stuff and like do that why does candy need to be sitting down with him at the kitchen table and like holding his hand every step of the way if you want to do your own thing like she's not stopping you so just do it why do you need her so badly and this is like i don't even really dislike todd i just feel like he's expecting like a 50 50 i scratch your back and so now you're supposed to scratch mine but now y'all are like building 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 even more than what was happening when y'all first got together and like that's just not the reality so sorry like you're just gonna have to let it go and enjoy your success and the fact that you're able to do these things like i could see if he was mad like oh i I can't do anything but you can you don't need her to be there (laughs) i don't know maybe i'm being insensitive Candy says in a confessional, I want my husband to understand that I'm doing the best I can, but I can understand how he feels and I'm trying to be sensitive to his feelings. So then Sonia asks about the party. Did you have fun? And Candy's like, uh, it was okay. But, you know, Courtney started going around like a bobblehead. So Sonia's like, okay, well, let me tell you what happened before the party, right? I went to Sheree's house. Courtney came over and she's like telling us about there was a place that you went to and how you brought the hood out or something. So we see a flashback to this conversation where Courtney is talking about this place called Tropical or something and how Candy was there. She posted a story of her being there on her Instagram and then, oh, well, the the next week, uh, you know, I pull up and you know, it's just like real ghetto. Like the people there were really ghetto. What? <laughs> so Candy, Candy knew. Candy knew that Sonia did not defend her because she asked her, okay, so when she sat beside you and called me ghetto, what did you say? Sonia's like, well, I told her Candy is my friend and you need to have a conversation with her. And she did. So Candy goes, so you didn't take up for me. And Sonia's like, I, I mean, uh. <laughs> then we get a freeze frame and a black and white and the thought bubble uh, flashback to her and Sheree having a good kiki over some smoothies about it. Real, real funny, real funny. So Sonia says, I did. I, I felt like I did. I think I told her, especially when she was saying, like, you know, I I was just kind of like, I don't think Candy would say that. What? Say now. Words. (laughs) What had happened was, um, and then if you carry the two and divide it, I think I did say something, but then maybe the wind blew and she didn't hear me, but I definitely think maybe kind of I did. For sure. Possibly. So Sandy then says in the confessional, she was just trying to, she felt like Courtney wasn't saying that Candy was ghetto, that she was referring to, oh, bitch, I'm worldwide. And she was like, oh, trying to say that the crowd at that place didn't seem very worldwide, like they were ghetto. So then Candy comes in a side-by-side, says, you were hanging out with Marlo and Sheree. I know how they do. So you were probably just like oh he, he, he. y'all are so dirty no i need somebody to defend me so candy says were you taking up for somebody calling me ghetto and saying was like well she didn't call you ghetto she called your followers ghetto 
Uh, girl, is Courtney okay? I guess that would be my first question. Is Courtney okay? What is she... Like, what are you suggesting here? It's so weird and messed up and problematic. And you're blaming... First of all, you're a little too old to be, like, posted up at the same club every weekend, multiple weekends, to be, like, uh, gauging the clientele, unless you own that place. <laughs> like, are we a little old to be in the club? The same one. Every weekend. And now we're blaming Candy. This woman that you say you don't know, not friends with, you're not trying to clout chase, but, oh, you just happen to notice her Instagram story and, and the whole clientele changed because of her. That is so whack. Corny. Corny? Courtney. I hope we don't have to hear from Courtney again. Anyway, we move on to Candy and Todd going over to Blaze steak and seafood i'm gonna need you to take the candy and todd present part of the sign down we don't need that <laughs> i don't need a so-and-so presenting anything in a shopping mall i don't need to be presented i already know what it is we don't we don't have to do this so they're going to do a tasting, and I think it's, I'm just, like, too triggered from Vanderpump. Like, I cannot watch people rejigger their menu one more time. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see any tiny plates come out from the kitchen. I don't want to see the, the manager presenting them. I don't want to see us, like, sharing our thoughts like we're fucking Padma on Top Chef. I don't need it. No, thank you. This place is empty, so... Uh, maybe we don't need maybe I don't know I don't know how the restaurant business works but I just feel like you know people aren't coming in they're not even going to know that your menu changed but anyway uh, Candy says that Blaze isn't taken off like the other restaurants and something about how like the area was like a urban area like kind of a hot spot but then the pandemic hit things took a turn so Todd asked Candy are you ready for the Mexican restaurant Candy's like no I'm not why do you keep opening shit, Todd? What is this? One more restaurant? What are we doing? And Todd's like, well, I've made more money off of our restaurants than anything else I've done in my life. So Candy's like, all right, cool. But like, realistically, your passions are in like TV, movie production, right? And Todd's like, yeah, like, but that's a thing. I'm going to use these restaurants to stack money to fund my projects. So he wants to open Olegi and Ace's Pizza. And then Melvin, Candy's uh, cousin and the chef, if you guys watch Candy and the gang, which I guess you didn't because it's not coming back, he walks out with a, a sling on his arm and, you know, they're doing their tasting. They're talking about the chicken wings, the crab sandwich or whatever. And the producer, thank God, is like, uh, uh, can I ask you guys a question? Are we not going to talk about the elephant in the room? So Candy and Todd are both, like, kind of talking on top of each other. Like, ah, we can't really, it's like a legal situation. We can't really get into it. And the headlines start popping up about how Melvin got shot up down at the blaze. So Candy says in a confession, sorry, not Candy, Kenya says in a confessional, I know the crime rate is rising in Atlanta, but we don't want it to be at any of Candy's restaurants. And then Sanya says, there's nothing more scary than somebody, something like that happening at your business. And then Sheree says in a confessional, 
we don't know if we go to old lady gang if we're gonna get biscuits or bullets. <laughs> now, sure, I do we need to do that? Todd says to the producer, like, it's still a legal situation, you know, I just don't want to misspeak. But then Candy says in a confessional that what happened was there was a gentleman that came to work, he came late and intoxicated, he got a little irate with Melvin, who was the manager at the time, they took it outside, and he just shot Melvin. So then Candy says, listen, are you all right? And he's like, yeah. And I felt really bad for Melvin because you could tell, like, he, what is he going to say? You know, like, no, I'm not. I have a sling on because I got shot in my arm, I'm assuming. Like, no, no, I'm not. This scene could have been boring. Like, on the outset, it is boring. But on the inset, like, the break of the fourth wall, I love that. I love to see that the producer is like, uh... No, we're not doing this. Like, sir, why can't we talk about what's going on? Like, we're not going to let you guys just, like, giggle over a crab sandwich. We're not happening. They don't really say much, except for Candy says in a confessional, like, obviously it was a very scary situation, and you would never want this to happen at one of your businesses, but, like, this is kind of the reality of our of America at this point. Fortunately, it hasn't stopped people from wanting to support them, which she's grateful for. It doesn't seem to apply to Blaze, because again, nobody's there, but anyway. Um, let's move on to Kenya and Akila. They're playing tennis with their girls. So cute. These two little girls playing tennis with each other. And Akila's husband, I guess, plays football. I don't know. I'm happy for her. Don't care. The football means nothing to me. Kenya's talking like, oh God, I really envy the relationship that you have with your husband and you know she's still in the process of divorcing nose ring but she's happy and part of that might be because of mr kmc aka kale me crazy which i guess is just in georgia like a salad kava just salad sweet green do you have, does everything have to have kale like, I like kale, but it's just like, you know, I'm not always in the mood for it. And then if they don't massage it correctly, that's like, it's like a lot of work on the jaw, you know? Anyway. So after this, we get like a see, she said, she said with like Kenya and Akila explaining her side of what happened at the party with Martel, where Sheree is with uh, Sanya talking about what she experienced, right? First, she talks about how she's a glamour a new member of the Glamour Club, because Cairo has this really cute daughter named Mecca now, which, shout out to Sheree, always be selling. She posted a photo shoot from uh, People Magazine with Cairo and his partner, I'm not sure, and the baby. Very cute baby. She had that baby up in She by Sheree, in a She by Sheree sweatsuit. <laughs> God bless. Then Sheree asks Sanya what the budget was for Ross's birthday. And I know she only asked so that she could use her season one line. Uh, budget? What's that again? I see right through you, girl. So then they start talking about Martel and Sheree. And she's like, you know, he was just coming up to support you, support me at this party. But then he got ambushed and Kenya called him angry and aggressive, which is the same thing that he happened to say about Ross on their vacation last season. And Sheree says, you can't keep these labels on men. 
Like, you can't put them on there. I don't care if you tried to fuck you two years ago. Or that's what he said. And Sanya, you know, again, laughing. So then back to Kenya and Akila, she's explaining her side with Martel. And Kenya's like, what? Because Akila's like, what? Explain what happened, because I didn't see it. And Kenya goes, what, about Montel Jordan cursing me out? Now, listen, why did uh, this is how we do it have to catch a stray? That man's a pastor now, okay? Do you guys know that Montel Jordan is a pastor? My mother used to attend his church. And she told me that he, I guess, sold uh, this is how we do it so he doesn't get royalties off of that or nothing. Oh, can you imagine? So Kenya tells Akila, he DM'd me and Martel DM'd me a while ago. But, like, he's trying to make it seem like he didn't DM me at all. So Akila says, well, is this the first time that you met him in person and he came at you like that? Now, I feel like... To be fair, not that I really want to be. Martel might be able to make that same argument. Like, why is this the first time I'm meeting you and you're giving me so much energy? I would not be on his side. I just think that's also an argument that he would be able to make fairly. So then Sheree tells Sanya that Kenya should not have come with her with like half ass information because Kenya didn't have a receipt, no, no this or that. And she does say, Martel may not have been 100% right, but you have to take accountability for your actions. <laughs> so then Sheree says in a confessional that she and Kenya are in a great place with their friendship, but like the stuff with Martel didn't sit well with her, and she doesn't know where they are in their friendship right now. And Kenya says in a confessional that after that altercation, like given the level of friendship that she and Sheree have, they need to have a sit down and really talk about this. Then Kenya tells Akila that she was actually more angry at Sheree for not telling Martel to calm down because they both have abusive relationships in their past, like Matt, right? She's like, what? She had Beefy? She had a man five minutes ago that was in prison that made her look like a fool? And I think that Sheree might just be dickmatized. And Akilah's like, damn, at her big age? <laughs> Fair question. So then we have Drew and Ralph stop by the studio to make some beats. We hear a second, just like a little clip of that song and all i could think that was the melody to and i think that maybe like tens of people have heard the song uh red velvet cake by jocelyn hernandez <laughs> as soon as that beat dropped i'm like why does and like why do i know what red velvet cake sounds like <laughs> i wish that it wasn't coming through in my mind my, my mind's eye but it did and it it just resembled it resembled it gave i don't know what to tell you but anyway drew tells the producer engineer whatever whoever he is that all she wants to do is make an ep and that she was inspired her inspiration for wanting to get back into the music industry was because she sang happy birthday last season to sheree and she hit all the notes planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Okay. So the producer is like, okay, well, how was y'all's dynamic? Because, of course, Ralph is there. How was your dynamic in the studio? And she was like, actually, it's really our happy place. This is where we should probably have all of our dates. Ha ha. <laughs> so then Drew says in a confessional that like she and Ralph bonded over music. He plays piano. It's a connection for them and that they're really hitting a balance in their communication. <laughs> okay. So now earlier I told you that they played a clip of that song. So the guy asks what the song was about. And Drew says, well, it's about the ups and downs of the relationship. Now I don't think she she should have been more specific and meant the bed because they play this clip earlier, like I said, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe there's more going on that actually talks about their relationship because what I'm hearing right now is just talking about like switching positions and not asking like, whose is it? Because you already know. But then Drew offers to sing live the song, which of course, because Ralph cannot give this woman a moment even half a moment to herself. Oh, oh, can I play a keyboard? Do you have a keyboard? Because uh, I can play. I can play that too while she sings. So they get down. And he's on this keyboard. She's singing. More of the lyrics. And it's like, uh, you like it when I look back at it. Got him wheezing like he's as... I can't even say the word. Because it's not a word. Asthmatical? D- Ralph wrote this as we saw on the cover written and produced by Ralph Pittman asthmatical did Drew say that accidentally or did he write that down how do we go from she must have said this wrong how do you go from look back at it to asthmatical that doesn't rhyme and it's not a word anyway then we go back to the warehouse I gotta get out of the studio I can't I can't look at Ralph in that head Y'all got mad at me uh, for saying that Ralph looked like Littlefoot from The Land Before Time, but I think that I should be praised because I didn't even say that until after the divorce announcement. I had been sitting on that for years. So, three claps for me for restraint. Anyway, then we go to the warehouse where they're shipping orders for She by Sheree, and of course, you know, she's doing quality control. Uh, let me um examine the sock <laughs> let me look at these hoodies these are these are wrinkled are you guys really putting them out wrinkled they're like well yeah i mean we prefer to steam them beforehand and sherry goes oh was that an extra charge oh god so we all know how that went she did not pay for the extra charge in a confessional sherry says that she was on cloud like a thousand and ten after the fashion show because she had so much love and support but the website crashed so she felt like she lost a lot of money which is literally the opposite of what she said last week about like oh did your website crash it was a blessing nobody else's website has crashed okay kenya comes in in a cat suit by that i mean like a full leopard print 
onesie. Like a sexy, like, you know, Peggy Bundy onesie. So they start talking, like, keeping it light, because Kenya just finished. Uh, she came back from L.A. to do that direct TV commercial that she did with Kenya, or uh, Kyle and Teresa, right, over in L.A., and how she was looking at Dak Prescott, who, I, is he hot? Let me, let me pause. Okay, that man is 29. Is he fine? Yes. But even I wouldn't date him. Kenya, girl. <laughs> and see, this is why I feel like people always call Kenya out for like faking her relationships because episode one you were talking about Roy and how Mignetta introduced you to this great guy and he's so lovely and but then you're in LA talking about how you want to hit on a 29 year old football player so are you dating Roy or not like what's going on and like I understand if she wants to date around but you presented it as if this was like your thing and now we're hearing a very different story so I'm confusion. So Kenya asked Sheree, like, what's going on with you? Are you claiming anybody? Are you being claimed by Martel? She's like, no, we're, I mean, we're just dating, but we do have a lot in common. We're both Capricorns. His birthday's two days after mine. And so Kenya's like, God, that's weird, because I usually get along with Capricorns. <laughs> and Sheree says, okay, let's talk about it the other day. So Kenya says that she was shocked because it wasn't like she was coming for Martel. And Sheree's like, yeah, I mean, it didn't have to go there. So Kenya's like, okay, I'm waiting for the part where I hear where I deserve to be cursed out. And Sheree says, well, things just got elevated. So Kenya says, well, he DM'd me and I wasn't going to accept it because I watched his show and I didn't like what happened with he and his wife. And Sheree goes, I'm surprised because I really thought y'all would get along, but like it started getting a lot loud and he felt ambushed. And Kenya says, well, I don't know him. And I don't want to get to know him. And that's it. <laughs> Just light and bright. That's it. Sorry. So Sheree says, you know, we've talked a lot of times, you and I, and not one time did you mention this DM until this happened, right? So Kenya's like, but I just didn't think about it until you, I saw you guys together and I asked, like, if it was a thing. But Sheree says, I actually saw the DM that you sent six months ago? And Kenya's like, no, I said it was at least six months ago. So Sheree says in a confessional that when she got together with Martel, they told each other everything. And the reason why she was being like light and bright with Kenya at the party was because she had already seen the messages and she knew that they weren't flirtatious. So Kenya's like, well, he sent it to me before y'all got together. And Sheree's like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't even have to come up. Kenya's like, well, he was just being really disrespectful of me. And like, what did I say that made him feel like he needed to curse at me? And Sheree's like, well, you ambushed the man. So Kenya says, Sheree, don't do that. We're bros before hoes. And immediately Sheree's like, don't, I don't think that's, wait. And Kenya goes, no, we're the bros. He's a hoe. She's like, oh, okay. Got, got it. <laughs> so then Sheree's like, well, it wasn't just you that said something to him. I will say, like, to be fair, you weren't the only one, but I just feel like, you know, we maybe need to watch our words. But Kenya's like, I wasn't even disrespectful to Martel until he started cursing at me. So Sheree says in a confessional, I'm actually appalled at how Kenya treated Martel. And she should be taking responsibility for her actions, but she's trying to defend herself right now. She's mad she got caught, and now she's going to attack him and say he's attacking you? That's not how it works. 
Kenya says it wasn't the comment that Martell made about like, I don't care if I was fucking you two years ago. That wasn't offensive to her. It was the fact that he said, oh, you know, she said she got a lot of DMs and he said, oh, well, you, I bet you answer them all too. I'm sure he's like, well, I didn't hear that. But the flashback, he Martell says it directly to Sheree and walks off. Kenny hears it and goes, wait, what? And Sheree just kind of, like, brushes it off. Like, oh, no, no, no. Let's, like, like physically does a brush it off motion. So Kenya tries to say that when he said, oh, you answer all your DMs, he was trying to say, you're a hoe. But Sheree's like, girl, are you serious? Like, I, there was no way I would have that reaction if somebody said, I checked all my DMs. And Kenya's like, well, it's the way he said it. So Sheree says, I feel like you're trying to make something out of nothing. And Kenya's like, but you need to hold him accountable for the way he talked to me. Because no man, whether he's angry or not, should talk to a woman like that. Like, it's not acceptable. So Sheree goes, okay, so is it okay for you to get in his face? Like, I'm just asking. And Kenya goes, yeah, if I'm defending, if I'm defending myself, then yes. So then Sheree's like, just, you know, he's defending himself. Is that not okay? And Kenya's like, he can defend himself, but he doesn't ever have to be abusive. So Sheree says in a confessional, okay, Kenya, first Ross is aggressive because he defended Sanya. And now Martel's defending himself and you call him a piece of shit. What is it with you? What is your issue with calling black men aggressive? Are they public enemy number one? Because you don't have one? <laughs> now, up until this point, I was like neutral leaning on Kenya's side. But now I'm fully on Kenya's side. <sighs> Do I feel like... <sighs> Kenya, I think, was expecting energy... And then she gave the energy that Jenny and the energy she gave the energy that she was expecting, and then got it back. Do I think that she came for Martel and ambushed him? Ah, uh, I don't care. <laughs> the truth is probably, but I don't care. And I feel like. Ultimately, Kenya should not be offended because Martel is a clown and it's just not even worth being mad at him. That's just my opinion. She wants to be mad at him. Fine. But I think she was saw somebody on TV, expected him to be some type of way, gave him the energy that she was expecting to get, got it back, and then was like, oh, <laughs> You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion. So I really hope that Kenya does say like, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. And I hope that that happens. Like are, are Sheree and Martel still together? I think they must be. I'm really bad at Instagram. I should really check it more. But anyway, <laughs> that's it. You guys, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so sorry. I, I've, in a good mood, but I feel like I sound terrible. So if this was a, you know, a work for you, my bad. My bad. I'm sick, y'all. I don't know what to tell you, but thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.